0: and to receive love so that you can give it. And so um, did anybody have an opportunity to share their faith this week? Want to give people an opportunity to talk about it? Uh, no condemnation if it didn't happen. No big deal. Um, yeah, please, share. Uh, and everybody, make sure you're concise. We don't know what we want to, don't want to know what the color of the flowers were when you did it. But uh, we do want you to share. That wasn't directed towards you at all, Bevan, just saying. Amen. Go ahead, brother. Share.
1: Well, I, I think it might have... Um, one of the crew members, I think, this week. it's not really the one. I'm think. I just thought of that now. But just before I came here, yeah, I was at the gym and I shared uh, my testimony and stuff and oh, cool, preached the gospel to the guys in the in the bathroom. So, That's awesome.
0: How did yeah. it? How did it play out?
1: Oh, good. Like the. I one mean, guy- did
0: you did you approach them to share, or yeah. did, was there like a doorway, or how did it work?
1: No, they were I mean, I I was changing to get to come here. Yeah. Um, because uh, I had to knock some things out there with some clients and stuff, but yeah. Um, so I was got done with that, and then was in the bathroom changing. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about like, yeah, when I was in prison and all this stuff. Yeah. You know, and they were on the other side of the lockers, and then I came around and just said, you know, I don't know if this is. You probably already know this. It's like God's already working in their lives. Yeah, So absolutely. it was more of like a, you know, and I was like, you probably know this, but. You know, and then I just said, like, seven years ago, like, and I started to share my share testimony. Share your testimony. Like, That's awesome. Christ is real. He came in my car. Yeah. And all these things. And then they like, listen, you know. And like, one guy just is six months free of heroin.
0: Come on, man. Yeah.
1: Praise God. And the other guy is yeah. a week, seven days free of alcohol. Wow. And they were just in there. I mean, I've seen the one guy pretty often. And um, then I just gave them the gospel. It's good. Of like it's not a behavior standard it's, it's a receiving standard, it's Come a belief man. standard, you know. Yeah. And um um just receive, like receive his goodness. This is what he did for you, this is you know, it's not it's not don't do alcohol, don't do heroin, it's what has he done for me. Yeah. Like focus on that. Yes. You know, and just kinda like I'm not giving you a law, like, you know, this the world says don't drink alcohol, don't do this and then like you're constantly in a struggle with that. Yeah. I just share the gospel really. It's good, you man. know, my testimony. It's and good. They were really touched. So. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Thank you for sharing that because when you share, you're, you're not only are you sharing what happened, but you're helping teach other people how to do it as well. You know, the, the, one of the most, and you actually talked about it today, Brian, but one of the most powerful things you have is your story, is your testimony. And, um, and never feel like your story isn't powerful and your story isn't important. Uh, your story is powerful. Your story is important. We've all been set free of stuff. I mean, everybody in here, none of us are perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all have had struggles in our lives. I mean, being a human being is about you need rescued. Did y'all see that video? I love this video, man, on, uh, on Facebook of that sheep getting rescued. Yeah. <laughs> that is Christianity right there. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, I'll just convey it to you real quick. There's, it's awesome, man. It's so funny. There's a reason God calls a sheep, hey, amen. But like this, this sheep is like stuck down in this um, r- trench, thank you. And so this guy is working so hard, he, he gets the sheep free, and he pulls him out. <laughs> and I, I just love the joy of the sheep, too, because like the sheep is hyped, So he's free, right? And so the sheep just takes off running, and then he just leaps into the air, and then wham, he goes right back down to the <laughs> trench again. No, no. It gets just as stuck as he was before. <laughs> Oh, how you know God will rescue you over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again? Can you get an Amen? He's never going to get tired of rescuing you. He's your Messiah, and that's what He does. He rescues you. You know. So I, you know. So we all have challenges, but your challenges are what's going to glorify God. You follow me? And so it's don't be ashamed, don't be afraid, share, Amen. So please, John. I just wanted to teach a little bit on that before. Amen.
2: Yeah, one of my co-workers, uh, he's from India, and he's Hindu. Yeah. So uh, last week he came to me because his family's back in India, and India's being hit hard again with COVID right now. Big time, yeah. So his brother and his mom have been hospitalized, but he's here in the U.S., and he can't do anything. So, you know, he's aware that, you know, I'm a Christian. So he came to me and said, man... You know, explain the whole situation. Can you pray for me? Wow. Which which I did, pray for his family. Come on. And so he came to me just the other day all excited to let me know that all's well. They got released from the hospital. Woo! Come on, and, Jesus. You know, it's kinda interesting, you know, that you know, not me, but you know, I, I just love the guys that I work with. I, yeah. that's all I do is I just love them. Yeah. And uh even though they're of a of a different faith, yeah, you know, when he really is hurting, you know, that they come to the light because the light hasn't, quote, blinded them to the point where, like, oh, God, I don't want that. That was just too much. Sure. But uh, it's just the, the, the goodness of God chasing after yeah. anybody glory and everybody, come on. no matter where yes. they are. Yes,
0: come so. so. on. Yeah. Woo, glory to God, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so it is. And, and, and so, like, see, our God, he answers prayer. Not everybody has a God like that, you know? In fact, nobody does. We're the only people that do. Our God has power, you know? And so I love that. I mean, you know, that he wasn't shoving the gospel down a guy's throat. He wasn't trying to force him into something. He was just letting goodness shine. Amen? And uh, that's good. It's good. Anybody else have an opportunity to share this week? Yes, Please.
3: Um At one of my jobs, I have a coworker that I've kind of had a uh, conflict with, not me personally, I'm a conflict, but this this specific coworker is kind of rather aggressive with me. It kind of talks down to me a lot, and I found out that this coworker participates in a certain type of lifestyle and that they had heard through the grapevine that I was a Christian, and they were automatically making an assumption about me yeah. So I got to have a conversation with this person, and I kind of just like indirectly was talking about, like on purpose, was talking on love and acceptance. And this actually happened a while back, but I just kind of thought it was important to share today. Yeah. But um, so this coworker, um I, I purposely brought the conversation up indirectly to talk about love and acceptance. And she literally took the bait. <laughs> Immediately she was like, well, not all Christians preach that and da-da-da-da-da, and I've been scorned and judged and da 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 And I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, not every single uh, Christian is a is an is, you know, a good representation of the love of God. Mm -hmm. I was like, and you're going to get that everywhere you go. I was like, but, you know, sinners are not always a good reputation, have a good reputation of showing love either. I was like, so, you know, I was like, you got to understand that um, just because one person treats you that way doesn't mean that everybody's going to treat you that way. And I apologized to her and I told her, I'm really sorry that you've experienced that. I was like, but I want you to know, I was like, that I don't judge you. I was like, and I accept you just as you are. And I was like, I don't have a problem with you. Mm-hmm. and so ever since then we've not had any issues well recently she missed work four days in a row which is odd and she had apparently had went to the doctor and they had told her that she's got a lot of health problems and yeah. when she came back to work nobody knew why she was missing well I went to her and I said we missed you and she was like you mean you missed me and she was like why would anybody miss me she's like nobody misses me here and I was like well is everything okay mm-hmm. I was worried about you I said I was praying for you yeah. and she was like I appreciate that. She's like, can you continue to pray for me? She was like, actually, I don't (laughs) want nobody to know. But she explained to me her situation and what Mm -hmm. the doctor said. And she was like, I would like you to um, just, you know, if you wouldn't mind to remember me. And I was like, oh, I will remember you. So recently she got a good report from the doctor. Come
0: on, Jesus. And she
3: came straight to me as soon as she got to work to tell me that she had been back to the doctor. And that she got a really good report, but that her partner actually received a bad report. And she asked me to pray. So I think that. You know, I was immediately being judged going up into this job, and this girl's treating me like crap. <laughs> yeah. And it took me just trying to understand why. And, you know, and I kind of felt like she felt like I was judging her. Yeah. And when I indirectly brought love up and then she brought that up, it gave me that opportunity to expose to her that that's not my heart, yeah. even though that's been exposed to her from other people. Yeah. Um, and so now I've gotten into a place now where not only is she like, looking for me to give her prayer, but yeah. then she actually comes back to rejoice when she receives good news. So I thought that was pretty awesome. It's
0: good. It's good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, people have been bashed so much by Christians that, um, you know, the, the field is ripe to, to, sh- to share the true gospel and to love people. Your, your job is not to tell people how to live. Your job is to love people and share the gospel with them. God will change them. You know what I'm saying? God will set them free, and God wants freedom for them. God doesn't want anybody in bondage, but love people, man. God loves people. Thank God, God loved us when we were in all our stuff. You know what I'm saying, and still does. And you know, so, amen. Well, that's thank you guys for sharing that. Um, We're 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 continuing to hit the streets, and um, we're going to actually we did it on Tuesday night uh, this last week as a result of the cold the cold that came in on Wednesday. So we went out on Tuesday, and from now on, we're going to go out on Tuesday nights, because we're in the process, we want to start youth back up, and if we, when we have youth, we want to have youth on Wednesday nights, because sports seem to be a little bit more uh, uh, cooperative with a Wednesday night. So we will continue to do evangelism on Tuesday nights, we'll meet here at the church, 6, and then we'll, we'll hit the streets until 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock. We hit the streets and uh, we had another group that actually joined us, uh, uh, Cassie out at Royal Ranch Ministries, her and her family all came. Uh, we consider them a part of our church, they're just not here all the time, but, uh, but their whole family came out and man, we just had an absolute blast. I mean, people just soaked in the love of God and uh, it just amazes me how many, like, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to go into all the details of it, but, you know, we just saw people that were high and got to minister the love of God to him. Saw so people that were drunk. Got to minister the love of God to him. And I'll just tell you one story quickly because I don't want to take up all the time. But like uh, we, had just, you know, all, all races, all colors of people. No, no prejudice. No fights. No wars. Just ministry, standing in the streets, praying with people. You know, don't let the media convince you that the world is the place that they say it is. Because uh, the first young man that we ministered to was another, of another race. And uh, he he stood out there, and we got to love on him and talk to him and hold hands with him and pray with him, and it was a powerful, powerful thing, and there wasn't a drop of prejudice in, in the room. And so don't allow the world to make you, af- don't allow the media to make you afraid of the world, because there's all kinds of wonderful things that are happening, but those things aren't making the news, you know what I'm saying? So just wanted to, to share that with you, and like I said, I don't want to take up too much time, but... After we ministered to several different people, and it seems like I'm, I'm ministering to people that are on drugs or have just come off drugs, um, that seems to be what's been happening on Tuesday nights. But uh, there's this there's this little old man, and he was sitting outside the bar, and um, he was sitting on this bench, and uh, and so how many of you know God loves him? God loves him so much, right? And so here we are, get having an opportunity to pour the love into him. How many of you know we're not going to judge him for being drunk? We're not going to condemn him for being drunk. How I many you know that the fact that he's drunk doesn't change even a tiny bit how God feels about him? God, God loves him just as much drunk as he loves him sober. Now, God doesn't want to destroy his life, but how I many you know you got to love people right where they're at? That's how God was. That's the only reason I'm here. It's because God loved me right where I was at. And so we came up to him, and we just started, you know, my, my approach is so different now, you know, than, I, than it used to be. I just start out with love, <laughs> like, and it's, it's pretty direct, but it, like, disarms people. I just come up to them, I say, you know, I'm like, you know, God loves you, and God loves you more than anyone has ever loved you before, and then it just starts just going. I mean, that's a bold thing to just say to somebody in the streets, but I've not had, but I've not had one person reject that. Come on. Not even, not come one on. person has rejected that. They're just like, what? Yeah. well, okay. You know, and then we bring Jesus into it because how many know that Jesus is, is, is the name that you're saved by? Can you okay, get an amen? I mean, there's, you got to, you got to put the name of Jesus, God, it's praise, amen, <laughs> you know, God is love and because he is love, he sent his son Jesus to save us, amen. So we bring in Jesus and then we switch over into talking about prayer and man, people just receive. So anyway, so I just start ministering to this guy and this brother is ripped, okay, he's ripped and <laughs> some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And um, <laughs> some of y'all don't, some of y'all do. Um, but, but anyway, so he's ripped and, and so I'm just, we pouring love onto him, right? And he's sitting and also he did, he looks up and he just looks at, and he's like, who are these people? <laughs> and he get, and he kind of gets this smile on his face, you know, because, you know, and, and, and then he, then he looks back down because he feels condemned and all that, but not because of us. And so I said, Hey man, can we pray for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, can we touch, can we touch you? Can we touch your arm or whatever? You know, because you're going to be respectful of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, we start praying for this guy. Spirit of God shows up. He starts just crying while we're praying for him. Crying. Crying, just weeping. Why? Because all creation wants to know it's loved. That's the reason people are lonely. That's the reason people are afraid. That's the reason people are depressed. That's the reason people are addicted. That's the reason people are suicidal. So they don't think they have worth. And they don't think they're worthy of love. And the enemy works overtime to make people feel like they're not enough and they're not good enough. And, um, and so he just weeped and he just weeped and received. He's like a sponge. He's like a little sponge, right? And then down here, now how I many of you got to be spirit led when you're in the streets? You got to be spirit led all the time. But down here, it was like, okay, you're done. <laughs> and so I walked away, right? We got 10 feet down the road and this lady comes out of the barn. She's ripping into him, yelling at him. I'm just like, yes, we got out just in time. I was like, we bringing some deliverance? We ain't bringing all deliverance. You know what I'm saying? I just thought that was funny. She started yelling at him. i was like, that brother need to love a guy right now. Hallelujah. Jesus, love you, brother. But we run it. It was great, and uh, and the whole time we were in the streets, there was a guy running around with his black T-shirt on and a pentagram, and he was just running around everywhere we were at, right. And uh, we kept trying to pray with him, you know, and he never would let us. And uh, but he was just there the whole time. How many know that the enemy's nervous, nervous. and how many know that kid's just one slip away from getting saved, just one slip away. Just maybe next time we go out, he'll be out there again, you know, and we'll be able to love him and minister to him. So. Anyway, it was really, really good, and we're going to continue to do it. You guys are invited to do it if you want to, but no pressure to. Because uh, the thing about an evangelistic event is it, it kind of helps normalize what it should be, which is a lifestyle. See, because everybody here, you're going to meet people that other people are not. You're, go- you're going to be around people that other people are not. And, uh, you know, just like John on his job, and, you know, everybody's around different people, and you know i didn't have an opportunity to minister to that guy nor would i have an opportunity probably to minister to that guy but everybody here you're an extension of jesus to someone you follow me and you also got to remember it's not just about who you're praying for at the moment it's all the people that are seeing it happen it's the people that are overhearing the conversation you know when you're you're praying with you know wherever you're at it's the the, the fragrance of jesus the aroma of jesus amen and um and so but it's a lifestyle. It's something that, you know, going out and being purposeful about it helps you to get more comfortable in it, but, I, but ideally, it is a lifestyle because everybody here, you're all ministers. No one is more of a minister of reconciliation than somebody else. We are all called. We are all called. Amen? And we're, all, we're going to do it differently, and we're going to operate differently, but we're all called. So let's turn to Matthew 28, and so we're going to, we're going to conclude our series um, that we've been talking about evangelism, and we're going to kind of shift gears into something else. However, uh, we are going to continue to go out and stuff, and uh, God's connected me with just other ministries that are that are wanting to to go out and to just, you know, like, I'm excited, man. I, I get to preach. I, I get to preach in the capital steps of Paoli, uh, Indiana, this weekend, and just kind of, just street preach, man. So, I'm excited about that, too. And, uh, She's cool, man. The, the, the fields are ripe for harvest. They really are. Um, Matthew 28, and in verse 18, and I want to just bring a little bit of balance to this, as always. I love balance. Matthew 28, verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so he says, Go, therefore, and make disciples. Now, what I want to say is the ultimate goal of the kingdom is to make disciples. Okay. Now, what is a disciple? You know, People have a lot of thought processes about what a disciple is, but really all it is is just a student. How many know as we're here today, we're all students? We're we're students of Jesus Christ, you know? And as a minister, uh, the day I stop being a student and I'm only a teacher is the day that I cease to be able to be taught. So I want to stay a student all the days of my life because no one is wise enough to figure God out. You know what I'm saying? No one, no one, we must all remain students. We remain meek, we remain humble. And uh, I think that we'll be students on into eternity. We'll continue to, to learn, you know. Um, and I think that's a part of the excitement about being saved is that we, uh, you know, if you think about those four, those four creatures that are in the holy of holies that are just, you know, going around saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Every time they see him, they see another facet of his glory. They've been doing that forever. That's how big and powerful. You know how big the universe is? God's big Nobody really knows. You're right. But it's huge, as far as we could tell. God's God is bigger than that. God created all that, so like we're always going to be learning about Him, and so you never arrive, and you want to stay teachable, and you want to, um, and so it says to make disciples. It means to just make students. How I mean, you know we all have the ability to teach people how much Jesus loves them and how to walk as He walked. Can you get an amen? And so when we're in the streets, it, we're not making disciples at that moment. We, we are uh, going into all the earth and we're proclaiming the goodness of God and we're pro- proclaiming the gospel. Some people, are read, there's, going to be, there's different types of ministry. I mean, you know, there's hard ground that's not going to necessarily receive the seed. I was that ground forever. Like if you were a Christian, you tried to witness to me, uh, you were probably going to get a mouthful of something other than the glory of God. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, I was very, very antagonistic towards Christian. I was like your friend, you know. I mean, I was just really gave those people a hard time. I thought they were idiots. And um, and I thought they were trying to control everybody. And now here I am one of those idiots, you know. <laughs> fool for Christ, fool for Christ, not an idiot. But, um, but anyway, so, so there's different levels. But while you're out there, you're, you're just ministering. But the ultimate goal is to make disciples. And uh, I think a lot of times pastors really struggle with evangelism, which is so sad because I... Talk to people, and they're like, "Pastors don't want to evangelize; they don't believe in evangelism." And it's just so sad that you know they're like, "Well, because <laughs> they want to just grow their church. They need to come to my church. They need to come to my church. They need to come to my church." And um, that's really not the kingdom. The kingdom's not about growing a church. The kingdom is about introducing people to Jesus. In the process of time, people may come and get discipled, and praise God for that, because this the ultimate goal is to to make disciples. But if your only goal is to build your church, then you're building your kingdom and not the Lord's. Amen. Hallelujah. So anyway, um, but, but the ultimate goal is to teach people, amen, and to make disciples. So I just wanted to say that to bring a little bit of balance there. But uh, not, not every, I mean, you know, I was saved in a little Baptist church, you know. Now I'm not still there. I, I got born there, but I'm, I'm now in other places, you follow me. So the person that delivered you into the kingdom is not necessarily always going to be the same person that's going to disciple you. Are you tracking me? And then you have different seasons, maybe where you learn different places, and that's okay too. Can you get an amen? You just allow God to be the shepherd that He is and to lead and to teach. But I just wanted to bring about the ultimate goal is to, to, to make disciples. Now let's turn to First Corinthians chapter three, please. And there's different there's different times of ministry. There's different forms of ministry. Like when I was in high school and I was just this staunch um, atheist and, uh, you know, very outspoken against Christianity, um, there was a, there was a, I had a teacher that sowed the seeds of the gospel into my heart. And uh, I rejected it the entire time. Uh, I was not receptive ground. I was hard ground. But that seed was still there. And years later, when, when the time came for me to get saved, a part of the reason that I got saved was the seed that was sown into my heart when I was in rebellion. Are you tracking me here? So I say all that to say this, you know, you know, like when we were sharing some testimonies here, we're looking at times when maybe things are a little bit more ripe and things were a little bit more good. But, you know, but there are times when it's not like that. And that's okay. Like one of the times when we were we were out in the street and we kind of had a large group of people and we really shouldn't have had such a large group of people because you get a large group of people together it can look very intimidating. We should have split up, but we didn't at that time. We were just walking around. <laughs> And, um, and I was trying to approach this guy. Well, we total, I totally freaked him out. And he rejected it hard. How many know that's a part of it? That's a part of it. Had I been that guy, I would have rejected it hard. But how many know the seed's still sown? The seed's still sown. So you've got to understand there's different, there's different types of ministry. And some of it's visible and some of it's not visible. But the key element is continuing to sow the seed. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5 it says, who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So we see two different types of minister. We see one person that's, you know, sowing seed and planting. And then we see someone else. How I many you know if you just plant the seed alone and there's no water, that seed's not going to grow? But how many of you know, listen to me, how many of you know a seed can stay dormant for years? And then when the right water comes up, it'll grow. Just like me when I was in high school, that guy, he sowed all that seed into my heart. I rejected it the whole time. That seed laid on hard ground. But when I got over into a place of coming to the end of myself in a place of desperation, and then the hope of the gospel started to come in, that water started to pour on that already present seed, and it started to germinate and bring forth. And 20 years later, I'm a preacher. You follow me? And so there's a time that just because the seed's sown and you're not seeing it bring forth doesn't mean the seed's not sown. Can I get an amen? And then there'll be times, you know, when you're ministering. You know, I would say most of the people that, that are here and that come to this church, uh, you're here as a product of seed that was sown in your heart other places. Every single one of you, you know. Um, and, and so you, you come in here and, and there's an element of watering that happens, but, uh, you know, I, I would say most of you, I did didn't—I wasn't there to be the one that helped birth you into the kingdom, if you'll allow the term help, you know. But, um, but so there's different types of ministry, okay? He said, I planted, Apollos watered, but ladies and gentlemen, who's the one that actually brings the increase? God. God does it all. We are just allowed to be involved. We're just invited to be a part of what he's doing, and I, I think the greatest analogy is that is when you let your kids help you do something. You know, like like you know, Eli loves to help. I'm talking loves to help. Loves to help. Like if he doesn't get to help, he's gonna be really upset. And so, like, when I carry the groceries in, I don't just carry the groceries in. You know, I gotta carry the groceries and then I gotta find something that Eli can carry. (laughs) Because if I don't include him, he's gonna be he's not gonna be happy about it. So we gotta give him a little box, give him a little back. So as I'm carrying the groceries in, I have to set aside stuff to give to Eli, because bless God, he's gonna get (laughs) up. He's gonna carry now is it easier for me to carry the groceries in myself? Absolutely. It would be so much faster, but it's a joy to let him be involved, and it's a joy for him to be involved. How I many know oh, God could probably preach this gospel better than we do? But as our loving Father, it's a joy for him to allow us to be involved, and it's a joy for us to be involved. Can you get an amen? He lets us be a part of what he's doing, but he ultimately is the one that brings all the increase. And so he says, so then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So in ministry, you know, there are times, just like when I shared earlier, some of the places there was kind of a hard heartedness, other places there people were, were ready to receive, amen? And so you just have to understand that when you're out. You know, some people are ripe, some people are not ripe, but the seed's still sown, amen? Uh, let's turn to Mark chapter 4. And this is the the parable of the sower, which is the different types of hearts that can be be present. And I talked a little bit about this before, but I want to talk about it again. Mark chapter 4 and verse 13, Jesus is actually explaining the parable. He's already relayed the parable, but he's expounding it, telling us what it's about. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you not understand all parables? The sower sows the word, amen? And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear... Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. How many know that when you are sowing the word of the gospel, when you're ministering to people, praying for people, how many know there's an enemy, and he's trying to stop it? And uh, and, and I think you know one of the ways the enemy gets a lot of work done, and you know it's kind of what Christy was sharing just a moment ago, is through self-righteous religious people. Self-righteous religious people um, really shut down a lot of times the work of the kingdom. How many know it was the same during Jesus' time? I mean, all these amazing things were happening. The Messiah was there, but the self-righteous religious people were totally against the move of what God was actually doing. And so um, a lot of times, people are very turned off by Christianity, not as a result of Jesus, but as as a result of people are, are carrying that message without understanding the heart of God. Amen? You know, we looked last week when we looked at how the early church preached, you don't see one single time someone just preaching about everybody's sin. It doesn't happen in the book of Acts. You don't see it. Not one time do you see someone just standing up talking about everybody's sin. In the book of Acts, you know what they preached? Jesus. They preached to Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God convicted people of the sin of unbelief. People were cut to the heart. People were convicted. People's, people repented. People's lives were changed. But the message was Jesus. How I many you know? quite often in the modern day church, the message isn't Jesus. It's what everybody's doing wrong, what everybody needs to change, how everybody's going to hell and they're not good enough, and God hates this, and God hates that, and God hates that. Um, that's not the message. The message is Jesus Christ. Now, how many of you know right's right and wrong's wrong? Okay, get an amen. Scripture clearly lays that out. And we want people to get set free and delivered. I'm thankful that I stand before you today um, totally set free from drug addiction and alcoholism and sexual addiction and pornography and depression and suicidal tendencies. I'm free from all that. Thank God, by the grace of God. But how many of you know God loved me even when I wasn't? And he was bringing forth freedom in my life because a part of coming to church and hearing the word is truth's coming, and it's going to pop another chain off of you. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't struggle with depression at all anymore. Depression used to be the number one challenge in my life. I would say greater than, than the drug addiction, alcoholism, sexual addiction, greater than anything was depression. Depression almost killed me. I mean, to the point where they, you know, prescribed me on medication, and it... Ran in my family and, you know, and, and, you know, manic depressive and all these labels and all of these things. I'm so set free from depression, I forgot I was depressed. Hallelujah. And God had to remind me so I could tell people about it. Seriously, that happened a few years ago. I mean, wasn't I? I was crazy depressed, like insane depressed. Like, couldn't even hardly, you know, when that, when that cloud tries to get on you, it'll suck the life out of everything. I don't care what kind of day you're having. I don't care how great your life is. Depression will make you feel lonely in a, crowd, in a room full of people. It's evil. It's not from God. And the truth will set you free from that. How many know that your, your resting place is peace and joy? Can I get an amen? You can't draw joy from what this world has to offer you. You've got to get the joy that comes from the Lord. And that means knowing that you're the righteousness of God. Not a checkbook on a test, but knowing it down here in your spirit, and your heart, to where it becomes a force and a power, and depression can't hold you down. God's speaking to some people right now. Right now, He's speaking to you. He's saying, depression is not your zip code. Depression is not your house. It's not your home. It's not where you live. It's not where I've created you to be. I'm calling you forth out of that place. Come out of depression. You're my child. Joy and peace. That's your zip code. That's where you live. That's the home that you live in. You can't get set free through activities, through movies, through lattes, through more sleep, through better food, through entertainment, through clothing, for, for, for material things. No, no, no. This is a spiritual battle and, and, and God is saying, I need you to take a stand for who you are in Christ. Sow unto yourself in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your follow ground. Take a stand for who you are. Depression and righteousness will not stay in the same place. Amen. And you may have there, there may be a, a fight and a struggle and all that. I mean, they try to label me that. They try to label me, you know, depressed, depressed or manic-depressed or you know, Paxil and. And all of these different medications and all of these things, and nothing against anybody who's taking medication. I'm not being critical, just like it wouldn't be critical if someone had a crutch and they were in here and they'd hurt their leg. I mean, there's emotional wounds just like there are physical wounds. But, but God's ultimate hope and ultimate desire is to, f- to bring freedom into our lives. And uh, that depression, man, it's evil, man. And you bust that thing off of your life and keep that thing busted off of your life. And, um, and, and, it, it, and it's what God has for you. There's no depression in, the, in heaven. You know what I'm saying? There's no depression in the kingdom. It's not. Now, it is a product of the mind. It is a product of the emotions. And there may be times where the enemy will try to do that, but take a stand against it. It's not yours. You have to understand that your feelings are not the greatest indicator of reality. You have to know that. I re, I, that's one of the things I preach on so much when I just share like on Facebook for five or ten minutes or whatever, because the enemy will hit your emotions and he'll hit your thoughts. And if you're not careful, all of a sudden, you'll start to isolate yourself. All of a sudden, you feel like you don't belong. All of a sudden, you feel like you're not worthy. And, and the way a predator tries to get its prey is, it tries to separate it from the flock. Don't let the enemy separate you. 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 Enemy separate you. Amen? Amen? Make a decision. Make a decision. You, I mean, you, know, you need people. Everybody in this room, we need each other. No one in here is standing by themselves. We all need each other and we need the Lord and we need the Lord that's in each other. Can you get an amen? amen. Enemy' really trying, one of the things the enemy is really trying to do is try to dis- destroy fellowship, destroy community with all this stuff that's going on, and we have to take a stand against it. Don't allow your feelings to determine your reality. Amen? Take a stand against it. How many know your reality is going to be determined by what, what Scripture says about you? Can you get an amen? Hang your hat on the truth. Don't hang your hat on the way you feel. Amen. So, amen. And God will set you free from it. He'll set you so free from it, you'll forget that you struggled with it. And He'll have to remind you so you can share your testimony. It's the truth. Amen. Amen. I, I just want to pray. I just want to pray for people right now. I, right. Just, I just, God won't let me go. Father, I just take authority over depression. Yes. I call it out. Depression, I speak to you. I break your power off of the child of God. I break your power off of the child of God. I command you to loose them and let them go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just receive that. If that's you, just lift your hands up and receive that right now. Father, we just thank you for that. I just felt like the Lord wanted you to do that. This is a contact point. Just take authority over it. I thank thank you for it. We 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 thank you for it. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I just rebuke depression. I just command it to loose him and let him go. This is a man of God. This is a man of God. This is a man of God. This is a good father. This is a good husband. This is a good provider for his family. This this, this, This man right here is a beautiful representation of the Father's heart. People feel safe around you. They feel safe in your presence. Lord, I just thank You and praise You that this battle right here is over today. And He grows stronger and stronger and stronger. God says that you are faithful. You're a faithful man. You are a faithful man. And if there is one thing that God prizes, it's faithfulness. Faithfulness is more important to Him than ability. It's more important to Him than charisma. It's more important to Him than giftings. In the Scriptures, when they said, find us faithful men that we may be able to teach so that they may teach others also, didn't say charismatic men. It didn't say gifted men. It didn't say good-looking men. It didn't say rich men. It didn't say people with degrees. It said faithful men. God values faithfulness because God is a faithful God. And I just heard clear as day from the Spirit of the Lord that you are a faithful man. And you've not been forgotten. You've been cast out. You've been, you went through tremendous trials as a product of your faithfulness, but God says to you today, Brandon, that He's going to reward your faithfulness. And He's going to reward your faithfulness openly so that the people that, ca- that, that, that spoke against you, that came against you, that judged you, they will see the faithfulness of God on your behalf. Just guard your heart against bitterness. Guard your heart against personal vindication. God says, You don't have to fight this battle. You don't have to vindicate yourself. I will vindicate you. The Lord's going to vindicate you. Thank you, Father. Boy, that is strong. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How I many you know God loves his kids enough to stop a sermon on a Sunday morning and reach out? That's how much he loves. I'm just personally overwhelmed by the love of God right now. So I'm just trying to, I'm trying to regain my uh, composure here for just a moment. Let's just thank him for a minute. Let's just thank, thank the Lord. Father, you, Lord. we just thank you. thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yep. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Yep. We love you, Lord. Yep. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Something
4: simple on the yeah. Please. It's really simple. Amen. We have the mind of Christ. Yeah. He gave us the ability to think, decide, then feel. Amen. It's not feel, decide, and then think about what you did. Well said. Very well said. And it's just super simple. Simple things. We are have powerful. the mind of Christ. Yeah. We're subduing thoughts. Yeah. We're thinking about it. Yeah. We have the decision. And then we feel what comes after that. It's good, man. And it protects us from this society gone mad. Yeah. Where we're whipped up with our emotions yeah. to react. Yeah. And then think about what we did.
0: Yeah. It's good. Right?
4: And we always end up in that same place of condemnation because you emotionally react to something and you're like, "Wow, oh. yeah, right. Yeah. But if you actually take control, it's not sin to think about it. Sure. Sure. And sure. give that thought to Christ. It's good, man. It's to come out and then you feel the joy and you feel the peace and you know that God's got it in control. It's
0: good, man. That's a good word. And, and, you know, as you're sharing that, I'm the Lord's highlighting something in my spirit. Um, because the reason there's a fresh wave of universalism, okay, and there's a, there's a fresh wave of attack against the scriptures, and it's it's and and you know of course it's going to happen right when the kingdom needs to be moving forward and we have all this work to get done for the kingdom, but the reason that it happens is is exactly what he was ta- what, exactly what Justin was talking about is they take their emotions, and then they view the scriptures through their emotions. And if you're going to take your emotions and your human logic and you're going to exalt it above the Scriptures, then you're going to look at the Scriptures and get offended at what it says and, and, and just decide, well, I don't agree with that, so I'm going to cast that out and I'm going to cast that out and I'm going to cast that out. And see, once you start casting Scripture out, it don't stop until you throw the whole thing out. That's one thing I've noticed because that's what they do. They'll be like, they'll be like well, we don't, we don't agree with that. We don't agree with that. We don't agree with that. We don't agree with that, 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 that. And all of a sudden, they've thrown the book out. And you know what they're doing? They're walking away from Christianity. And they're no longer counting themselves as a believer. And they're under a banner where emotion is king. Not truth, but emotion. That's well said, man. Your emotion becomes your instructor. No, please. Here, here,
4: take the mic. It's good. Matthew 23 9 and 10. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ.
0: Amen. It's good. It's a good word. It's good. And so, you know, and that's kind of like why we're in the position that we're in as a nation, is because people's feelings have become paramount and feelings are are beyond truth. You know, it's like, well, you know, I, I don't feel like this is okay and I feel offended about this. And and then, and then what ends up happening is people are, are trying to take their feelings and make them God and King. And then if, they, if it doesn't make them feel good, then they get offended. And then they want to cast it out or they want to cancel or whatever. And listen, man, truth is truth no matter how you feel. That's right. That's right. Like, truth don't change. Truth is like the wall. Like, you can run... And think that you're going to go through the wall, but you're not going to go through truth. Like you'll, the truth will stop you before you stop the truth. How I many know? Oh, I'm thankful I got a God that's like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I want a God who's not wishy washy and emotional, and sometimes this is okay and sometimes this is okay and sometimes truth is this way and sometimes truth is this way. I want a God who's faithful and consistent, and truth is truth every single time. You know, I mean, how many know you need some strong truth in your life, Amen. And 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 if you allow it to, the truth will subdue your emotions and allow your emotions to serve you rather than you serving your emotions. If we as a society, if we just serve our emotions, then uh, we're we're going to be really messed up, Amen. And we don't want that. And so I just, as you were sharing that. It just—it was really kind of brought to my remembrance because, once again, the scriptures are majorly under attack again, and and uh, so anyway, yeah, and so but it's because of the result of looking at that through that filter. Did you have something, Connie? Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. That was good. That's a good word. Um, yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right. Let's continue here. Is it hot in here? So good, yeah. Dang. The air, Turn the air on. <laughs> It's hot. I'm just, turn the fan on. Turn the air on. Turn something on. Praise God. I'm, I'm glad that somebody else is hot besides me. So, amen. I guess so, man. Praise God. Amen. So, all right. Mark chapter 4, verse 13, it says, do, not, do you not understand this parable? How then when you understand all parables? The sower sows the word, and these are they sown by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. And then it goes on to talk about, um, you know, tribulation. I, I'm, I'm not going to teach on this. You guys know this. Turn to Acts 16, please. And so, I want to give, in closing, I want to give three examples in Scripture where people were in different places um, in terms of their receiving. And... and. uh Three different places where where people were in different... These are places where people either got saved or almost got saved. And I wanted to actually, you know, see it in Scripture. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. We alluded to this last week, but this is actually the account of it. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison were shaken... And immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, uh, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now here, here's the thing. No one said anything to him about him needing to be saved. No one said anything to him about his sinfulness. <clears throat> no one said anything to him about any of that stuff. But how many know the miracle and the work of the Spirit produced a heart that was ready to receive? And I, you know, and just like the, the examples of answered prayer, where John was talking about answered prayer and Christy was talking about answered prayer, you know, the, the gentleman that was a Hindu. I mean, no, oh, for, for him to see an immediate change in his family as a result of prayer is a witness that Jesus is alive. Right. You, you follow me? And, and, and so sometimes uh, the ground will become receptive as a result of something that God does, right? Pray for people all the time. It, when someone comes up to you and they're and they're telling you about all their problems, they're, they're asking you to pray for them. I'm just telling you, they're asking you to pray for them. Just pray for them. Pray for them right there. You know, don't, don't put them on a prayer list. You know what I'm saying? Don't remember them in prayer. Just say, hey, can I pray with you? You don't have to be an orator. You know, in fact, it's better if you're not. Just keep it simple. You know what I'm saying? Just pray and move on. And let, let God move because, see, God uses your authority. If God didn't use your authority, then God wouldn't ask you to pray. How I many know oh, Jesus said, Father, pray that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know the why we pray because authority has been given to us. How I many know oh, God? We're the door that God walks through. Can I get an amen? What I'm saying is, God needs you to pray. God needs you to pray. Now, don't take all kinds of pressure on yourself and freak out. Please don't do that. Don't do that. That's not good for you. It's not good for anybody. Just when when opportunity comes, pray. Amen. And we'll see God do amazing things. Some of you know God's going to do some miraculous things in the times that we're living in. Listen, don't seek after the miracles. Don't seek after the power. Seek after Jesus. Seek Jesus, the other stuff will follow you. Can I get an amen? But listen, the other stuff's important. But it comes as a product of seeking after Jesus Christ. Amen? Now you have an awareness of the fact that God does that and God's a supernatural God. God's still doing supernatural things. But I believe, once again, God's going to throw some pitches to you and He's going to be setting you up for you to swing. And He's he's partnering with you in, in the time of the harvest. Amen? But so between this miracle and the work of the Spirit, this man's ready to get saved. And so they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your whole household. Notice he didn't say, hey, you're already saved, don't sweat it. And I know I'm hitting universalism a lot here lately, but it's it's just it's so it's getting loud again. It's like I thought you people were done. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, it's been quiet on the universalistic front for some time now, but it's ramped up again. And uh, and you know, and I'm not saying the people are bad. I'm not saying the people are bad at all. I'm not I'm not into f- to warring against people. I mean, you know, we're warring against the doctrines of devils. And it is a doctrine of the devil to say that faith is not needed to be saved. It's not scriptural. So notice he does not say, you're already saved. He says you must do what? Believe. Simple. Believe. believe. We're not asking you to jump through a hoop. We're not asking you to jump over the bridge. We're just asking you to receive Jesus. Just believe. So they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your whole house. And then they spoke the, the, the word of the Lord to him, and all who were, were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. Immediately, he and his family, they were baptized. When he had brought them into the house, he set food before them and rejoiced, having believed in God with all his house. So he got saved. Everybody got saved. Amen? And then the first step after you get saved, what do you do? Get baptized. Amen? That's showing what's already happened in your spirit. Now, let's turn to Acts chapter 8. Like I said, we're just going to a couple places and we're going to close and we're going to pretty much finish on teaching on evangelism. And we'll continue to move on to some other things, but I just wanna wanna keep it fresh in your spirit and just see all, times when people actually got saved. So that guy, he wasn't ripe for salvation, but as a result of something miraculous that happened, and as a result of the of the leading of the Spirit, he got ripe fast and got saved fast. And he wasn't just he that got saved; his whole house got saved. How I many you know when you get one person saved in a family, it can affect the whole family? That's how my papa was. My papa was was a, you know was an alcoholic womanizing violent man. Like he carried a pistol everywhere he went and they used to say that you know you didn't know if you were going to come back you know alive or dead when you went out with him. Well when he got he got saved and he got radically saved <clears throat> and then our, our whole house got saved. You know uh, like my mom my mom like they they but they they went over into legalism. God love them. I mean he he got saved, went home took the TV, threw it in the yard, you know what I'm saying? No more roller skating, you know, and and you know, and, and all this stuff, and really kind of put the family through hell through legalism, but he didn't know any better, and he just wanted to serve God, and he was excited about serving God. Um, but as a result of him getting saved, it created a, a, a level of heritage in, in my family. How I many you know, you, you one person gets impacted, a whole family can get impacted. Can you get an impact? That's how God works, you know? And uh, so anyway, so that happened. Now, this next guy... This guy is what you call extremely ripe. Like this brother, you ever seen some fruit hanging on the tree and it's so ripe that it's just ready to just drop off at any moment? That's what this guy is. And this guy, there's no telling the level of influence that this guy had on the Ethiopian culture uh, because of his position. He was a high-ranking official. He was a eunuch. in, in, the, in the kingdom, and uh, he just had a tremendous amount of influence. But God had already been working on this guy. This guy's already reading the scriptures. This guy's already, uh, he's right there ready to get saved. But how I many know oh, God's going to send somebody to be a part of that? That's how He works. That's how God doesn't get saved alone. God sends somebody. Let's take a look at it. Uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 26. It says, And now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise. Go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Notice he didn't say go to this church service. Amen. He said, go somewhere where someone's at who's not saved. Amen. That's what he said. He said, This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, not against church services, but how I many you know most ministry happens out there? We come in here, we get filled up, we get strengthened, but we take it out there. Out there's where it's at. Amen. Ministry is out there. It's in here, but it's out there. Amen? Amen. Um, The message of the gospel is not come you, it's go you. Now we get discipled in here, but we're discipled so that we can carry the gospel wherever we're at. Amen? Amen. I know I've said that a thousand times, but I'm really trying to get that down into us. And so, anyway, so he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet. This bro is already reading Scripture. This brother is ripe. Prophet Isaiah said, Do And he said, Do you understand what you're reading? He said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the Scripture which he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will, de- who will declare his generation? His life is taken from the earth. Now, does that sound like an evangelistic scripture? Probably not so much. But yet, how I many know oh God will take an Old Testament passage that's prophetic and, and reveal Jesus out of it? How I many that whole passage is talking about Jesus? But how many of the eunuch don't know that? The reason I say that is all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's powerful and it's alive. See what what what, what the guy should have said, oh, that's that's old covenant, man. You know, you don't need to be reading about that. How many know that old covenant is the old testament is powerful? Can you get an amen? Spirit of God breathes upon the scriptures, brings forth a life. This guy's on the verge of getting saved through reading this prophecy. Anyway. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask of you, who does this prophet say this of, himself or is some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the Old Testament scriptures, because that's the only thing they had, preached Jesus to him. How many know he had the shadow of the truth? But how many know when it's talking about that lamb and talking about all that stuff? How many know the image of that truth is Jesus Christ, the Son of God? And we just needed somebody to rise up with the Spirit of God and reveal what you're reading about is Jesus, and this is the one that saves. Amen? And so, so he opened his mouth, and beginning at the Scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, I love this guy, is so hungry to get saved. See, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? He's so ready. This is extremely ripe fruit. See, this eunuch, he's been in God's preparation tank for a long time. Spirit of God's been on him, Shown him scriptures, he's so ripe he could fall off the tree. But God brings one of his kids in, Philip, and says, here, partner with me, pluck this fruit off the tree. It's beautiful, isn't it? <clears throat> and so he says, and then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. God is that a beautiful statement, man? So he commanded the chariot to stand still and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and, be, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. How many you know an angel wasn't sent to do this? How many you know that one of the children of God was sent to do this, amen? And he was immediately saved. Now, turn to Acts 26 and we're gonna, and this is the last place we're going to and we're going to see a place where someone almost gets saved but doesn't quite get saved. Now, we don't know that he doesn't get saved later. Are y'all tracking me here? But my point being is, is the seed was sown in his heart and the witness was happening. I can remember a time when I was with one of my buddies and I was preaching the gospel to him. This was when I first got saved and he was smoking weed at the time and he was like, man, he's like, you almost talked me, you almost taught me into being a Christian. <laughs> He's like, you know, while he's smoking weed, he said that to me, you know. He's like, man, you almost taught me into being a Christian. He said it like that. <laughs> and hopefully he eventually received, you know, because he OD'd. He OD'd and he, he, he passed away. And so hopefully he did receive. I don't know for sure how many you know, nobody knows but God. But, uh, but the, seed, the seed was sown and this is a time when the seed is sown as well. Uh, Acts 26 verse 9, it says, Therefore, King Agrippa, this is Paul sharing his testimony. Paul sharing his testimony. And let me just stop here and say this real quick. Paul, how I many you know Paul was extremely learned in the scriptures, and yet everywhere he went, he told his story. Tell your story. Don't you don't have to be all theological and all this stuff. In fact, probably better if you're not. Just just yeah, that's it, man. Just just keep it simple. Point to Jesus. Tell him how he changed your life. Paul did it everywhere he went. He says, "Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision." <clears throat> he'd been sharing his testimony for a while, but for sake of time, I cut it short. It says, "...but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and through all the region of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works uh, befitting repentance. But for these reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God to this day, I stand witnessing both to small and to great, saying no other thing than which the prophets and the Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer that he would be the first to rise from the dead and would proclaim the light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Thus he made his defense. And Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. Now, check it out. What does he? Do? I know this is funny, isn't it? What does he do? He insults him publicly. Right? But see, sometimes when God's working on somebody's heart, they're going to attack you. Because in the next statement, he says something else. But Paul doesn't take it personal. Paul doesn't give him the finger. (laughs) Paul just keeps rolling. But he said, I'm not mad, most noble Festus, but speak the the words of truth and reason. For the king before whom I also speak freely knows these things, for I'm convinced that none of these things escapes his attention. Since this thing was not done in a corner, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, powerful statement, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Now, this is the guy that just insulted him. But then, now, begins to receive. How many you know this guy probably got saved? You know what I'm saying? Because the, 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 the word is, is working here. It's working here, right? But he doesn't. He doesn't actually get saved at there in that moment. So, I say all this to say that. Just shine the light, man. Just sow the seed, just pray for people it 's really none of your business what the results are. Who gives the increase? God does you don't do it and the more you absolve yourself of responsibility for the results, the happier and the easier it is. Are you tracking me because if not, there 's all this pressure, oh gosh, i' got to pray, and I got to make sure you know. And, and, and striving is the opposite of trusting if you're striving that's why legalism is such an ugly representation of evangelism because they're striving because they don't even believe they're saved themselves and they don't, believe, they don't believe they're blessed themselves so they're striving no, just relax sow the seed shine the light pray let, let, let love flow through you and the results are on God they're not on you you know, y'all ever prayed for somebody and nothing happened? Yeah, multiple, multiple times. And 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 how many know that at the end of the day, it's really none of my business what the results are. I, it's, I'm just called to pray. I'm just called to to witness. I'm just called to sow the seed. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you when you sow, you just sow the seed, and then God's the one that brings the increase. But I mean, know that, but that you are actually called to, to sow the seed. Amen? You're called to sow the seed. And so, if you, if you let God and you partner with God, God will show you how to do it, where to do it. Just keep an awareness of it. Listen, people are hurting, okay? People are hurting. And um, how many know the government's not the answer? <clears throat> Amen? The media is not the answer. How many know the answer is Jesus Christ? Jesus is the answer, and we carry the answer. Amen? And so, God's going to give you opportunities to love on people, to shine the light, to pray for people. And listen, when you first do it, you may be terrified. But after you've done it, it gets easier and easier and easier and easier. It does, it gets easier. It does. And I know, because here's the thing, the enemy doesn't want you to shine the light. He doesn't want you to do it. He doesn't want you to pray for people. He doesn't want you to share your faith with people. He wants to keep you silent. So he's just trying to, to wrap your head with all these fears and all of these scenarios and all of these things. You know, when we finished evangelizing on Tuesday night and we all came back together, we were giddy. Like we were so full of joy. We were just... We were giddy. Why? Because there were a couple of people, it's the first time I'd ever been out. And they overcame their fears. They overcame their fears and they found out it wasn't what we thought it was gonna be. Like we thought it was gonna be this awful thing, and people were gonna be throwing rocks at us and you know and cussing us out and all this stuff. But for the most part, the response is yes, God loves me. Awesome. Yes, I need prayer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And there's like there's a joy in it because uh, the kingdom is created to to flow through you, Amen. And so, I just want to take a, I just want to take a minute here. Anybody know someone that you know needs to get saved? Okay, let's let's pray for those people, okay. Um, and 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 then if there's anybody in here that you want to receive Jesus as Savior, we want to pray for you too. We want to pray for you too. So, so first, let's do this. Let's all let's take those people that you're thinking of and let's lift them up before the Lord, and then we'll see if anybody needs to get saved that's actually in here right now. But let's let's I want you, let's all just let's lift those people up and let's pray for them, okay? I'll lead us into prayer, but I want you to just lift that person up. So let's all let's close our eyes, let's bow our heads, and I want you to just Just lift that person's name up before the Lord. Father, we just, I thank you. There are people here that know people who are called to be your child. And Lord, I know that we're in a season of you aggressively pursuing the lost. And Lord, I just, we commission angels to go forth and to arrest these people with the love of God. Lord, to give them a true and genuine encounter with Jesus Christ. Not religiosity, not all the trippings of self-righteousness, but in spirit and in truth, Jesus. Lord, I thank You that You order their steps, that You order their thoughts. Lord, if these people play a role in this, I thank You that You show them what that role is. Maybe they don't play a role at all. Maybe they've sown the seed, but someone else is going to water. I thank You that they don't take that pressure unto themselves. But they trust You with it. Lord, we lift these people up unto You. We claim them as a part of our inheritance. We claim them for the kingdom. Lord, I thank You for it. I thank You for the testimonies that come out of it. We thank you that that salvation spans the earth. So with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if there's anybody here that wants to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, just lift your hand up. We want to pray with you. So we'll see if anybody wants to get saved. Anybody wants to receive Jesus in here? Okay. Salvation can happen at any time. It's just a matter of believing. It's a matter of receiving. It's very, very simple. We've overcomplicated it. And so, anybody watching on live stream that, is, that has not received Jesus as Lord and Savior, we just want to give you an opportunity to receive. All it is is believing. All it is is declaring. Now, I would encourage you to get baptized. I would encourage you to join a local church. I would encourage you to be a fellowship with believers. That's a part of the kingdom. But salvation is as easy as being rescued out of a pit. So Lord, we just thank You. We thank You for Your salvation going forth. We thank You for Your will being done. We thank You for Your Word being heard. Lord, I just thank You that there's an empowerment to Your people to with that easy light yoke of Jesus, share the fragrance of of Jesus, the fragrance of God's love everywhere they go. I thank You that they're spirit-led, they're wise, their steps and their thoughts are ordered by You. Help, Father, give them the courage and the boldness to be a witness. I thank you, Lord, that you set them free from the fear of man and from what people think. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for a freedom from what people think and a boldness and a courage to represent the kingdom in their daily life. Lord, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So we're, we've concluded our, our uh, series on this, but we're still going to go out on Tuesdays and We'll still testify and talk about it a little bit, but we'll we're going to move into some more discipling type stuff. Um, if you might, would like a, would like to give or need a giving, did you have something you wanted to say? Okay, you want to share? Yeah, please do. If you need to give, I'll lift your hand up. And we'll get one to you. Appreciate you supporting our ministry.
5: What I saw was I was in the church and uh-huh. it was really pristine, and the carpet was white. Uh huh. And um, all this, a little, All of a sudden, uh, there were, the doors just burst open, and all these muddy, like totally unruly kids, just came running awesome. in, and they were looking for Jesus. Wow. And so I was. It's funny because it was so. It was such a strong thing that I actually had. I actually had this reaction like where I was really uncomfortable and overwhelmed because oh, wow. I was like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do, you know? Yeah. And it's like, uh, but then I looked, and standing right where you are right now, Jesus was standing there. Wow. And he was laughing. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. And he, he knelt down and opened his arms up, and he was laughing. He was so thrilled. Yeah. And the kids just came running towards him. And, you know, I was like, you know, Jesus is all dressed all white. You know what's going to happen? Wow. Oh, sorry. But... uh but as soon as each kid touched, touched him, as soon as they touched him, because wow. they were all just embracing him, they, the mud went away.
0: Wow. And they Golly, were, they what were a powerful clean. vision. That's awesome. Yeah,
5: so yeah. I, I just felt like, uh, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to share that today. Amen. Thank you. So,
0: Thank you. That's really good. That's a good word. That's a really good word. Yeah, I really, um, it's time for people to understand grace to share the good news of the gospel. It really is, man because uh, the world needs to know that they're loved. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, if, if you're wanting to give online, you can go to gracepointgeorgetown.com and you can give that way as well. Father, we just thank you and praise you. We ask you to bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Couple of.